Welcome to Alchemy, the home of the open mind. This week's show sees the return of a regular guest. David Icke is back. And without further ado, let's jump straight into the show. David, so good to have you back on Alchemy. You're very welcome. How are you? I'm good, John. Never been better, mate. Fantastic. Well, I could see that when I was at your recent live show in Dublin, because to cram the amount of information you did into approximately four hours was nothing short of staggering. It reminded me of one of the Wembley shows a number of years ago with the amount of information you got in, but you did it in a much shorter space of time. And I was, I was kind of sitting there in the front row and I was thinking, you've taken this to a next level, not just in terms of your, your presentation, but the information that you're actually packaging and how you're packaging it to the layman, if you like, someone such as me who mightn't necessarily be as living and breathing this, the same information day in, day out in the way that you are. So what has happened over the last year or so since we spoke that has, or am I completely imagining this, but I don't think I am. You seem to be in this flow state, David, regarding your work that I've never seen before. And it's very, very powerful. Uh, you're absolutely spot on, John. Um, wh- what happened is that um, obviously for years and years and years going way back, um, well, best part of 30. I've been doing uh, all-day events. Um, we're in four sections um, pulling together you know, the dots over a massive range of, um, of subjects. And, and that, was, that was fine um, then because those events were for uh, people basically who wanted to really know. Um, and if you... Um, if you look back at that period, well, you know, there, there was nothing like as many people then who were in that middle bracket of just curious. Mm. Um, there, there, there was like, yeah, I want to know. And there was a oh, load of rubbish, mate, without even looking at it. But what I noticed around, um, around 2015, 2016, particularly, um, maybe a bit earlier, is that there was this this unease in more and more people, um, and I found it around the world, um, the same everywhere as I've traveled, where they know there's something not right, but they can't put the finger on it. Mm-hmm. They just know something's not right, and they're uneasy about the way the world is going. And so, um, you know, m- my son Jamie had the idea, well, let, let's start doing um, evening events, and and let's uh, do them in a, in a way that um, – People who are just curious, who are in that, as I, I put it, um, I'm uneasy about the world, but I don't know why, kind of um, kind of state of mind. And uh, what, is, what has happened to me personally, um, and which you've you know, picked up very uh, perceptively, is that um, some things happened to me in the last um, 12 months, uh, particularly, whereby... You know, um, you know when you, you you're looking down a kaleidoscope and it, it's there's pieces all over the place and then suddenly you turn it mm. and everything's clear. You you can see how it all fits, and you know I, I've always said that um, to really know something 
and understand something or, or to show that you do, you have to be able to explain it in words of one syllable. I remember when I was um, a journalist and, and I would talk to academics or so-called experts and they'd come out with all this jargon and all this stuff. And I'd say, look, you know, it's, it's like that, that, that scene from um, the Notting Hill movie um, where um, the, um, the, 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 the lady says, uh, give me it in yards yeah. when, uh, when, they're, uh, when she's trying to find out at, at where this guy lives. Uh, you know, what do you mean? Give me it in yards. And, and I would say basically that to these academics and these experts. And what I found is they couldn't explain it to me simply they could only repeat jargon they were repeaters and there's this idea that if you can uh, spew out jargon then you must be clever but often what you find is they're just repeating what they don't themselves really understand and and in this you know the longer this period of my life has gone on the the simpler it has got and the simpler i've found it to to explain because the, that, that kaleidoscope has, has, has shifted and suddenly it's so simple what's going on. And it, it's gone on since the Dublin event. It, it's more and more has come to me in a way that's, that's, that's so simple. I'm just doing a, writing a new book on 9-11 at the moment, which I want to get out in a few months, um, which is looking at um, all the evidence now over this period since it happened in 2001. And when you when you put it together in this simple, straightforward way that anyone who knows nothing about it can follow, mm -hmm. no no pre knowledge necessary. I mean, things like nine eleven become open flipping books. In turn, I mean, there's there's hardly one word of the nine eleven official narrative that's actually true, credible, and supportable by the evidence. So mm. yeah, I, 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 something has happened to me. Uh, and also in this same period, you know, I'm 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 feeling stronger and stronger. I mean, I'm 66 now, but I feel about 45. And uh, my 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 health, my arthritis, everything, my strength um, has got stronger and stronger in this same period. So um, there's something happening. And, um, you know, I'm glad you saw it. It's very interesting what you're saying about it, about repeaters and jargon, because I've noticed just in, in, say, my field or my area, which is music, as I've become more and more knowledgeable about what it is that I do over decades now at this stage, I find that things become simpler, not because I have a vaster amount of knowledge, but quite simply because I have a better understanding of the basics. And when you can strip the bullshit away and there's so much bullshit around everything everybody wants to be perceived as the most intelligent or ha to have yeah. the greatest intellect to use a more accurate word I think because there's a big difference for me between intelligence and intellect it can be intelligence any day of the week over intellect but anyway I think once that bullshit is stripped away and once you can see through the veil to borrow a term from you that you've used a lot over the years it just suddenly becomes very clear. And that's, that, that's what allows the flow state. And I could just really pick that up from your talk in Dublin. And I also think, because there were one or two first timers in the audience that I spoke to afterwards in Dublin, it appears to me that people are no longer flustered to the same degree by the amount of information as they may have been. And that's down to the way that it's actually being given to them by the orator, in this case, you. So have you noticed that people are picking up on the information more quickly? They're oh, gaining, a, gaining a, a greater understanding in a shorter space of time, yeah? A big time. It, it's um, first of all, you know what you you talked about there in terms of um, 
kind of sifting through the bullshit. Um, another part of it, I find, is the more that you know and the more experience that you have in the subjects you're talking about. And of course, I, I talk about a vast range of subjects. Therefore, um, there's a lot to fit together. It's not just one. Mm. Um, once you um, get more experience and, and know the subject um, more and more, you can see the difference between what is interesting and what is important and most relevant. Yeah. And so um, you leave what's interesting for the books um, and and for the daytime talks, which I probably won't do any more of those now because I'm in a new era. But um, you you leave that there. But but these these evening events and the the videos that I do um, on the internet every week, I just stick with what's relevant. And don't get pulled into just what's just interesting. And and that kind of, if you like, sifts the wheat from the chaff in terms of what what you can communicate that absolutely um, encapsulates something without any diversions into into things that are interesting and are relevant and are connected, but not central. Uh, and uh, I think that's it. That's uh, that's very important. But as I've um, gone around the world, yeah, I mean, one of the great things that's encouraged me since I, w I started this world speaking tour in um, the summer of 2016 uh, is uh, the number of people from th so many more different walks of life who are looking at this information, people from within the system who started to question it, but you never thought they ever would. So there, there, is, there is a dismantling of, um, of this uh, control system. That's what this information is doing for those that, that choose to look at it. And the other thing that it's doing is, of course, the vast majority of people who are making contributions every day to the um, uh, gathering enslavement of humanity, not least through enslavement of human perception, don't realize that's what they're doing. Mm. They, they, they are making their contribution within a company, within a government, within a, a media, within whatever. But they don't know what they're actually contributing to because they only know the little bit that they're involved in. And what the, getting this information out to, to a, a larger and larger public audience is doing, and I know this from people I've talked to around the world, it's decompartmentalizing um, uh, the, the little um, – the, the little enclaves that people live in. And they're starting to see, so now I understand why I'm doing this, why I'm being told to do this, why whatever I'm involved in does this. I can now see why they're doing it. Whereas before, it was just an act. It was just a random thing that was happening. But now they realize it's not random. And that starts to decompartmentalize this um, this system, which is very, very important for people to see. Actually, you may not think you're contributing to this, but you are because of ABC. Yeah, I think that is extremely important. And again, that comes back to lifting the veil. And then suddenly people are able to communicate because I think I know from talking to people over the years, 
uh, since I started becoming a little bit more aware of what's going on around us, shall we say, that obviously there would be a huge amount of kind of scoffing at the information and, oh, that's, you know, that dirty word conspiracy or whatever else. And people would just totally discount anything that you had to say. I'm not receiving that kind of negativity to the same degree at all. Um, What I have noticed is those that don't want to know, don't want to know and will never want to know in a lot of cases. But it is becoming much easier for me just as an individual, I can only speak for myself, to discern those that will never want to know the information versus those that might like a little seed that can be planted and then can, can kind of develop and grow that themselves. And to me, it comes back to, again, the early work that you were doing on the schism and how you, you predicted that there would be a schism in humanity and that things would start to separate and there would be those that get it and those that don't, those that want to get it, those that don't want to get it, those that will always be ingrained in the system and be um, repeaters and that kind of thing. And they'll, they'll take jobs accordingly and those that won't. So I'd like to quiz you on that a little bit, David, or just get your perspective, not quiz you, but... Have you seen that come to pass more and more as the years have passed? Do you think we are, we are, we are in seeing a quickening of the schism? And to what extent are there those that do not want to see the information because they're comfortable in their matrix-like existence, if you like, and those that really want to know what's going on? Do you think there are more and more of it? Is there an awakening, to use that word, that I know neither of us particularly like, but it's used a lot, so people get what we're talking about. So is the awakening quickening? Is there an unfolding? And does the schism exist? Well, uh, I I think um, uh, 100% um, uh, all of the above. Uh, One of the things I was going to mention, actually, before you uh, brought up the question, is what I'm seeing is a real blatant, obvious parting of the ways where where there's more and more people who are um as you put it waking up in other words and what is waking up it's basically breaking out of the perceptual program that people are put in from cradle to grave you know i mean you say to people why do you believe that i mean how do you come to that conclusion and it won't be their conclusion it will be a a, a repeat of someone else's conclusion yeah uh, what what they picked up during the perceptual download of of education of media or of peer pressure whatever parents um and so i i'm seeing more and more people absolutely breaking out of that i mean if if it's a barometer at all the number of people that stop me in the street anywhere in the world. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I don't get out much. Well, I do get out a lot because I travel the world all the time. But when I'm at home, um, I don't get out a lot because I'm working. I'm working all day, every day, including weekends. And But when I go out to the supermarket, uh, just for a short time, the number of times that people come up to you and say, I watched the videos, I've read your book, and it's like never before. And, and they're, they're all different types of people. This is the point. It's not just one type of person, not just one age, not just one background. So that is absolutely happening. Uh, but what's also happening is I'm seeing those that um, are not going down that road getting deeper and deeper and deeper immersed into the program and the illusion. And this is being done systematically because uh, it's it's being played out um, through the institutions. You know, if you if you want to get to the population and impose something on the population, you've got to get to the institutions. This is why this whole political correctness 
which is nothing more than manipulating the target population to silence itself, um, is so prevalent in um, in the police, for instance. I mean, there was a story recently where a, a police officer was put on basically desk duties um, pending an inquiry into him um, saying when he was talking to a group of police officers about the need to be transparent and the need to be um, open. He said, we must be whiter than white. And, and suddenly that becomes a racist comment oh in this God. crazy world. And he's now being subject to, uh, to an inquiry. So if you can, if you can enslave the police and the institutions with your agenda, they are going to impose it upon uh, not only themselves, they're going to impose it upon the public because they're going to come from that perceptual direction. And in the same way, if you can impose it on academia, which is what's been happening, first of all, in the American colleges and universities and now in Britain and Europe, you can impose political correction, uh, correctness and censorship of, of different opinions um, upon academia. Um, and uh, what do the where do the police get their money from? Their their, their income, their salary. Uh, they 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 get it from the system. If they don't do what the system wants, they're out. If they don't do what the system wants, at, at, at best they won't progress and become you know higher ranked. And in the same way, in academia, if you don't do what the system wants, then you're out. You get you lose your job at a university, or or um, or you are um, so abused that, that that they force you out. Um, and so, if you can get academia, you get the students mm. because the, the the students are going through um, the universities and colleges, and 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 political correctness is being imposed uh, 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 massively um, on, on, um, on, on those institutions. And thus, to, um, to um, have any kind of, of um, you know, life without abuse and, um, and uh, all the rest of it, uh, you, um, you have to conform to the political correctness. Um, uh, I mean, some of us refuse, but, but many go, you know, line of least resistance, anything for a quiet life. Mm -hmm. uh, by the time they leave the colleges, um, political correctness and not respecting other people's opinions other than your own becomes your persona. It becomes your perceptual state. And these people then are moving into the institutions uh, of the next generation to, to run them. And so now you have um, expressed this uh, political correct um, insanity and uh, and uh, censorship upon uh, the the system in general by 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 that process unfolding, um, and so you've got now young people, and there are many young people who haven't bought it. By the way, hallelujah to that. But you've got a, a lot of young people, the ones that are given the microphones, by the way, and given access to. Um, their, their opinion circulated, who are completely mesmerized to the point that I, I think it passes the point into a psychiatric problem where they have no capacity whatsoever for free thought, no capacity for um, thinking that it, it's, it's not okay to censor other opinions that, that challenge your own. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so this... Um, uh, a whole 
scenario is um, embedding this program uh, deeper and deeper and deeper into those people while others are, are awakening from it. And so you, th- this this very clear parting of their way schism is very, very clear to see. And that's another interesting point and an important one, uh, I think, uh, uh, John, and that is the difference between those who have control of the microphones and access to the media and those who don't. You know, um, you've got the academics and and and, and the um, institutions of education who are pushing this political correct banner or all uh, other opinions um, agenda. You've got the media uh, pushing that as well, politics pushing that, um, and um, and the institutions in general. But then, and, and through those means, the people who are supporting that agenda get the microphones and and it seems if you don't look around that actually you know people are basically accepting that this is how it needs to be but then you talk to people quote in the street um as i do a lot as i'm traveling around um and and you um you you uh, ask them what they think of what's happening with the uh, deletion of uh, opinions and the censorship on on, on um, the internet, social media, etc., Google, um, and 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 the the political correct uh, correctness uh, uh, ideology in general, and they are overwhelmingly appalled by it, disgusted with it, and don't agree with it. And and you know, I I I can give a wonderful example. I think well, I think a perfect example of what I'm I, I'm I'm talking about here, with what has happened to the British Labour Party. It is still going on now, mm-hmm. uh, right to this day, um, in terms of the uh, attacks and abuse on the Labour Party and its uh, leader Jeremy Corbyn for being anti-Semitic. Um, because that was nothing to do and is because it's continuing nothing to do with, um, uh, you know, stopping racism. It's to do with forcing um, a, a political party to accept a definition of anti-Semitism, which is so ludicrously broad that um, criticism of Israel and the far, far right regime in Tel Aviv currently under Netanyahu, criticism of that. So um, that's what it's about. It's nothing to do. This is why it's such an insult to those who suffered in Nazi Germany and an insult to um, so many Jewish people that they are trying to um, weaponize the uh, term anti-Semitism, which overwhelmingly means anti-Arab, as I've said many times, if you look at what it really means. Um, um, They're weaponizing it to... Um, to to get this um, ban on criticism of Israel, um, which which is nothing to do with uh, uh, racism at all. Now, um, what the Labour Party caved into in the end was um, daily headlines all over the media uh, and attacks from all and sundry in the system, including their own. Uh, many of their own members of parliament, of course, that, that still um, they, uh, their, their uh, ideology comes from Tony Blair, not Jeremy Corbyn. Um, and, and the Labour Party caved. But 
when you talk to people, quote, in the street, they could see through what was happening. And and if if the Labour Party had have had the backbone to actually come out and say, look, what's happening is we're being pressured here to accept a definition of anti-Semitism simply to stop criticism of Israel. Uh, the natural uh, Labour Party constituency in Britain would have burst into applause, symbolic or otherwise. Mm. But because they they were listening to the microphones and not the people they're supposed to represent, they caved. And, uh, and that's, that's, what, um, that's what is happening across a range of subjects and, uh, and institutions and organizations, is they're listening to the microphones. But, but people in general, the mass of the people, they don't get access to microphones. So, so listen to them um, and, and uh, see what they've got to say. But of course, the, the system and the political bubble is so tiny and inward looking that basically it only um, interacts with itself and not the, 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 uh, the public that it's supposed to represent. And it is indicative as well, David, of the power of the microphone as well. It's something that I became very aware of in my working life, constantly being around crowds and using microphones and through DJing and that kind of thing. The power of the microphone, it's amazing. When I started DJing, you pick up a microphone with, uh, say, a student crowd. And I mean, if I had said something in a group, they would have ignored me completely. But you pick up that microphone, you tell somebody to put their underpants on their head and run down the street semi-naked. They'll do it. It's absolutely incredible. And the fact that you've brought up the fact that those people who have the microphone are the ones who we shouldn't necessarily be listening to is very, very interesting. It reminds me of The Wizard of Oz. If people don't know the real story of The Wizard of Oz, I suggest go and do some, some research on it because you'll have a whole new world opened up to you. But to continue in that vein, the veil, if you like, or The Wizard of Oz is, I think, not just the media as it was traditionally known, but the internet is a part of that now in the World Wide Web. And I think if you were to go online and say, say somebody landed on Earth for the very first time and they knew nothing about what's going on here and they were only exposed to the media, including the internet, they would assume that everybody is of the same opinion and everybody yep. thinks that, yes, it's got to be politically correct and it has to be A, B, C, D and E. But as you mentioned, when you speak in a group of people, or you, it doesn't matter whether you know them or not, they don't have to be necessarily like-minded. They could be completely disparate people. But the vast majority of people still have intelligence versus that media-driven intellect that is foisted upon people from the age of about three or four after they come into the world. And I think that is key because people are still able to use their intelligence. And a lot of people can discern when something has the ring of truth. But the agenda that's being pushed on us, I believe, so much now is this this veil, this wizard of Oz, the internet, and it's, it's this false world and people are becoming absolutely enveloped in it, particularly young people now as well. And that's, I think, why technology is being pushed in our faces in the way it is and the type of technology that is being pushed in our faces is being used. So mobile phones, and you've spoken about technology and, and the, the frog in the pot syndrome and how we'd be looking at screens, then holding them, then wearing them. We've seen all yeah. that and then, then the implants to come and we're already seeing that as well. And I think the more the technology is cheap and accessible to people and immediately available and instantly accessible, well, then I think the easier it is to put up this veil between intelligence and intellect. And I think that is 
that's the dividing line. That's the fence from George Orwell's Animal Farm, if you like. And people, people forget what they can do and the power they have themselves with their own minds and their own free will versus the rules that are presented to them or written on the fence or presented through the media and the internet. And I'm seeing that in my daily life. My friends are seeing that in their daily lives. And lots of other acquaintances that I have who are in no way exposed to this information that we're talking about now in any way are starting to complain and notice this. So the media is saying this, but I don't believe that. What you've said over the last kind of five or 10 minutes there completely resonates with what I'm experiencing on a daily basis on every level, whether I'm working in music or whether I'm walking down the street and chatting to an acquaintance or whether I'm speaking to somebody in a queue who's a complete stranger, people are still able to discern. We're still able to use our senses outside the five senses, even if we don't realise that that's what we're doing or we have the ability to do it. So to come back to my, to, to, to tie this into my next question, if you like, and it is regarding the schism and what you've spoken about, is this five sense reality that we're presented with all the time and told that that's it, that's all there is to us. We're, we're, we're meat machines and we've got to make the best of what's put in front of us. Do you think that there is a breaking point whereby the system or the powers that be or shouldn't be will suddenly turn around and say, right, here's the way it's going to be and we're finally putting up the fence around everybody or we're closing the prison gates and it's going to lead in a particular direction. And all of you that are coming on this journey, which is the correct journey that we're pushing according to our, <laughs> our, our, our media-led agenda, will have the land of milk and honey and you'll have all the rewards and all the money and the technology and all these, these false profits, if you like. And the rest of you can basically go shite and it'll be nothing but doom and gloom and misery. Is that, is, is that moment coming soon? Will there be a kind of a... A, a pushing of the button on that. Is it, for example, the election of Donald Trump, which has split America right down the middle, to yeah. my mind, to the point of no return in terms of ideology? Um, or yeah. what's happening? Where is this leading, David? Well, um, there's, there's uh, a, a, a lot to say about um, all of that. Um, first of all, what you've described in terms of you know, the, the split um, is what is planned. Uh, the question is, are we going to allow it to happen? Mm. Um, what what I'm doing um, and I do all the time is um, I do not speak to the microphones. I don't speak to the system. I don't speak to um, the uh, the people who um, are close minded to all this uh, because um, there's no real uh, point. If they want to find it, they'll find it um, when they're they're ready. Uh, what I talk to um, in the books and in the videos and the talks is I talk to people um, who are in the general population in a way that that, you know, people who are new to this can 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 understand it without all the jargon. I'm talking to them. You know, I'm not talk, I'm not trying to persuade anybody mm. in the system to see my uh, point of view. I'm not trying to persuade internet trolls and um, and these so-called progressives who are the very opposite of liberal. I talk about that inversion in a, in a second. I'm not talking to them um, I, 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 it, 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 because you know I, I'm not talking to the microphones, if you like. I'm mm. talking to to people in general, and and this is what I would say to people who are trying to get this information out. And, and I, you know, over the years, I've seen people 
um, who've tried, who've, who've set out to try to persuade academia and people from that whole area that what they say has validity. Pointless. You you need to 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 speak to the general population and and let the system you know, do what it will and and it'll come when it people in that will come when they're ready or they won't. Um, and this um, this schism is becoming very 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 clear and it is a difference. It is the difference really when you break it down between people who are caught only in the five sense level of perception and those that are expanding their their minds their consciousness beyond um the five senses and what um we have seen um in uh recent times getting more and more extreme is exactly what you've described in the sense of the censorship by these big internet uh, corporations of um, opinions and information that is not of the official agenda, the official narrative. This is this um, uh, this this parting of the ways uh, happening in terms of information that people are allowed to see and hear. And and this is my view after studying this for a long, long time. Um, uh, and, um, you know, like I say, I, I, I work seven days a week, so I do a lot of studying. Um, these internet corporations were created from the start and given fake um, uh, cover stories to um, to hide the truth, these internet corporations like Google and Facebook, etc., were created from the start by the military-industrial uh, um, intelligence complex. Not least through an organization in America called DARPA, yeah. the Technological Development Arm of the Pentagon, um, and um, it was DARPA that it is DARPA that claims that it created the internet. And I don't doubt that because the Internet is based on uh, military technology. So you have this organization, DARPA, that um, creates things like death rays and ever more sophisticated ways to kill people. That's um, at the absolute cutting edge of um, the agenda to connect artificial intelligence to the human mind. So the human mind becomes artificial intelligence. Um, and at the same time, you've got this DARPA network web behind these Internet giants. Um, and uh, you have them uh, like DARPA seed funding these technologies, for example, that, that we call office assistants or personal assistants, these series and echoes, etc. Yeah. What the heck is a technological development arm of the Pentagon doing, helping to seed fund the development of technology like that, which people have in their homes? Well, anyone with half a brain cell on active duty will see that. And, and why people have them is, well, it just shows that they've not seen that. Mm. And so if you look at the one, two, three of what a military intelligence industrial complex would want for control. And of course, they're just fronts for the hidden hand in the shadows. Um, you would want one um, to be able to trawl personal information from the target population in real time and to record um, that information and store it. Well, not only do they have that 
um, ability now through these internet corporations, including Facebook and social media and, and Google. Um, the, um, the public don't have to have surveillance on them anymore. The public are giving that personal information to these um, corporations 24-7. Two, you want to control the information that people um, see or don't see because then you are molding the perceptions of the population. And from perception comes behavior. So you are molding the behavior of the population, what it will challenge and won't challenge, do and not do, um, uh, question and not question, by controlling the information on which the population is forming its perceptions. So uh, what better way, and I say this was the plan from the start, than to create um, corporations, seed fund them, and control them from the background while having front men appear to be running them like Zuckerberg and Brin and Page at Google. Um, and you, you make sure that they become near monopolies uh, of, of um, the search engine. And just look at the search engine potential for control. You are dictating when people go into a, a, a search engine having put certain keywords in, you are dictating what they're going to see. Because if you put what you want them to see at the top of the search engine, which is what most people ever see, yeah. they're not going to see what you've put down the search engine that would give people a different uh, a view. And so they've stopped whatever they claim. They've stopped um, having um, interest in a subject or interest in an opinion dictating the where they go in the search engine. And they've started manipulating it. So what they want people to see or their masters want people to see and not see is, is uh, uh, appearing or not appearing in the search engine. So you, you then build up these corporations um, into these near monopolies. And, and, and see, when you create the Internet, you have to sell it to the global population so um, it becomes central to people's lives. You're not going to do that by at the, at the very start having the Internet what you want it to be. You have to um, uh, have the free flow of information because that's going to pull people in. Mm -hmm. People say this is great because, um, you know, we can have the free flow of discourse all over the world, great stuff. I mean, you know, my work wouldn't be what it is now in terms of interest without the internet. Um, and um, you also uh, don't have censorship. You don't have censorship by the books that Amazon um, uh, will will sell and promote. You won't have censorship on Facebook. You won't have censorship on Google and Twitter. Um, but then, because you've got to sell it. But once you've got them, once the Internet is central to people's lives, and it massively is, it's central to everything now, then with your near monopoly, then you start calling the shots. Um, so you start saying, we're going to censor this, we're going to censor that. And you say, you can't censor that, you can't censor that. Well, we are censoring it. And by the way, where else are you going to go? Because hmm. we basically are the, 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 the overwhelmingly major organization that, um, does this, whether it's social media or, or, or whatever. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing this, um, the, the fishing line has gone out in terms of the internet. Now the fishing line's being reeled back in, in, in the forms of censorship. And the third thing that you want um, is 
to um, reach a situation where the human mind is connected to artificial intelligence, which will then become the human mind. Now, you look at that one, two, three, and um, Google, Google owned YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, etc. They, um, as I said in a video recently, if they did not exist, then the military industrial intelligence complex would have to invent them. I say they did mm. from the start. And now we're seeing the real game that was being that was being planned all along. And, 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 and this is another point about the microphones. You see, most people in the population, even now, the vast majority of people, they're not on social media constantly. Um, they're not, therefore, um, having access um, because they've got lives to live. Um, they're not, therefore, having access to that version, which is what social media is, of the microphone. Mm. So, um, again, you hear about Twitter storms. And, oh, it's a Twitter storm. And what they do is they target well-known people, actors and actresses and stuff, uh, and well-known people, because um, that is basically a warning, not only to other well-known people, but to people in general. This is what happens if you challenge us and you challenge the, uh, the narrative. Um, and when um, uh, this is going on, you're talking to people, and, they're, you know, again, quote, in the street, and they're saying, well, I don't agree with that. That's crazy. But you wouldn't know that um, um, with all the stuff going on on um, social media. And, uh, and now it's in the mainstream media almost every day. There was a Twitter storm over this, a Twitter storm. Uh, the Twitterati went viral and, and all this stuff over this. It's become, even though it's not, it's become a measurement of public opinion. And it's all being done um, on uh, on purpose. And, and we should never forget this. There are vast networks of people who are paid um, by the military, by governments, by intelligent operations around the world to be full time trolls. This has been exposed, for instance, in Israel, where yeah. they have a, a great army of people, usually young people who are there to jump in to any um, thread of conversation or interaction about Israel to defend Israel and attack anyone that's um, that's uh, criticizing it as an anti-Semite. This is this is and, and yet, despite all of this, like I say, this um, Twitter stroke uh, Facebook interaction has become accepted as the arbiter and measurement of public opinion it's not but this is another way that that public opinion is skewered so it appears to be one thing when among the general population it's something very different and this is why the general population you know and my father used to say the the silent majority is silent because it's got nothing to say well it's about time the silent ma uh, majority did have uh, something to say and started to stand its ground on this because otherwise it, it's being hijacked. It's worlds being hijacked while it's looking on. I think those worlds, and again, the schism is obvious here, are a virtual reality, a centralized virtual reality with AI control versus the real human mind and spirit, which is the individual. So to me, it's almost like transhumanism, which we have obviously spoken a lot about in the past and yeah. we are seeing unfolding before us, versus the natural world. So how hopeful are you, David, that the transhumanist agenda, which 
it's already here in one shape or form or another. And I think it's, it's going to continue to be rolled out prov- as long as there are people who are happy to live within the, uh, the system, to use that term. Um, but how strong do you think that ultimately will be versus the natural world and the people, the common man on the street, again, to come back to that, and those people who, who can still discern and who will still ultimately, I, I believe, turn around and say, well, hang on a minute, that's ridiculous when something does stare them in the face. When provided, and it is a caveat, and you've alluded to it already, provided that they start to ignore the microphone. Well, that, that's essential, and they, ha- they have to start you know, being their own microphone and not being intimidated into silence because people are. Uh, and, and that leads uh, one place, uh, tyranny uh, of a beyond Orwellian uh, type, which mm-hmm. is actually uh, what is planned. Uh, and, and, you know, people have to make a decision. I keep I've been saying this for a long time. They have to make a decision um, whether just to look on and complain or whether to cross the street and and get involved, not least by ceasing to cooperate with their own enslavement. There's 7.5 billion people on the planet. The number of people that are driving this agenda is absolutely tiny compared with the uh, the, the the target population. And um, you know, we're in a situation now. It is a fork in the road where people have to decide um, if they're going to be uh, steamrolled into this or whether they're going to stand up and say, enough, enough, enough. And, you know, we are heading to a point which I think is pivotal. You know, if you are are an, an army or a people and you're faced with an invading army coming at you, um, well, uh, you you may not want to engage that army. Hmm. You you may want to uh, avoid it. You may want to um, uh, find other ways. You may simply turn around and run. And this is symbolic of the intimidation of people into silence who are afraid to give their opinion because it's different from the uh, the mob. And it is a mob. Hmm. Um, but there comes a point. You know, uh, like in the old cowboy films, where um, people find themselves um, uh, heading into a uh, into a, a ravine or a valley from which there is no escape, and 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 eventually they they realise there's nowhere else to run, um, and and there's there's uh, mountains or whatever in front of them, and then they turn around. And this invading army is still coming at them. But now there's a different uh, mental state because now they've got nothing to lose. There's no other way of dealing with this situation than actually engaging with what you would rather not engage with because, you know, what you got to lose. And we are heading into this point, John, I think, where uh, people are going to realize that um, – they have got nothing left to lose um, in the sense of if they don't engage with this, if they don't start uh, um, uh, ceasing to cooperate, ceasing to be intimidated into silence, then the, the, the future is, is basically um, unspeakable. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we are, we are heading into that point now. And I think there are more people realizing that. And that there is a, an anxiety. There is a fear about. Of, of, of where this is going because it is moving very fast but 
the number of people waking up is moving very fast, who are seeing through it is moving very fast. And, and this is one of the major, major reasons they're wanting to shut down the Internet in terms of this information and these, um, these views and opinions. A, because they've seen the impact it's having on people saying, well, hold on a minute, this makes more sense than what I've been told all my life. Um, and, and also, of course, what they're, what they're hearing makes sense in terms of current events. And so what they're trying to do now is to shut off that uh, means to communicate of this uh, population in general um, that, that has a very different opinion to the microphones. And they just want to just allow people that um, support what they want to to control the, the media in all its forms this is what they're doing and this is why why they're doing it and and you know we are we are entering that ravine and people need to realize that you know uh, nowhere to run nowhere to hide now and we need we need to have some backbone you know the backbone needs to stop wobbling and we need to 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 to, to stand up and look this in the eye and and do that on the basis of this this is why i constantly talk about the nature of reality and the nature of, of the eye. We are a point of attention within an infinite state of consciousness. We are not the labels that we're given and we give ourselves, which are being subdivided and subdivided into smaller and smaller labels now. Mm -hmm. My goodness me, because then you can, you've got more and more labels to play off against each other, each other and divide and rule. Yeah. Now we're having f f uh, feminist supporters um, um, in conflict with transgender supporters. I mean, you know, this is what it's going on, is the subdivide and subdivide uh, 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 the, these labels into smaller and smaller parts. Um, and so if we... Um, if we self-identify uh, only with the labels, then all we can see ourselves as is people having a, 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 a life of, what, three score years and ten in, the, in biblical terms, however long it lasts. Um, and, and if you see yourself only in, uh, in terms of labels, uh, my race, my color, my religion, my income bracket and so on, my, my, my country – um, then you can only see yourself in terms of limitation. You can only see yourself in I can't and little me. But but uh, and, and, and what you do then is you get pulled into fear of what is going to happen to little me. All these labels I, I identify with. Will I lose my job? Will I will will people abuse this this little me? label construct that I've been manipulated to self-identify with. And, and, and when people think of that, oh, no, I, I don't want that to happen. But when you start to awaken to the real I, which, it, which has no form, ultimately, it is just a state of awareness, a point of attention. Um, and that point of attention can be um, little me labels, or it can be I am all that is, has been, and ever can be. I am all potential. I am all power. I am all possibility. And when you come from that point of view, what the abuse or the consequences of uh, for your labels don't matter to you. Because you're not self-identifying with them. You know that those labels are not you. They are something you are experiencing in a very transitory and a very um, a brief, for a very brief period. They're yeah. not you. So 
when um, uh, uh, abuse is hurled at, at this label called David Icke, I don't give a shit because that's just a label for an experience, a brief one, not, but I'm not, not so brief. I'm going to be around for a long time yet, um, that, 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 that I'm experiencing. And, and, and when the time comes that that experience is concluded, then the vehicle for it will uh, cease to be in the form that it is and go back to the energetic state it came from. But the I, the point of attention, will continue um, a journey of infinite experience and infinite uh, understanding and insight, etc. Um, and, and so... That self-identity looks at the world and what happens and what people do and say about you in a completely different way because you realize it doesn't matter. I mean, if anyone should realize that, it's me yeah. as I see people who abused me over the years, who laughed at me, who ridiculed me, now stopping me in the street to talk seriously about the information and what's happening in the world. <laughs> so, you know, I say to people, don't stop doing what you're doing because of what people say about you, because they'll be saying something else tomorrow. You know, just just speak your truth um, and, and don't get caught into into this what will happen to my label? It's irrelevant. And it's a completely different state of being. And this, this is the self-identity that's going to bring this down. Um, uh, because label consciousness, as I call it, which is basically what this madness is, mm. cannot possibly overpower consciousness in a state of awareness of its true self and its true power and its true potential. It can't. And this is why from cradle to grave, we are focused, our perception, our, our attention is focused into the minutiae of label consciousness. And, and um, the whole system is um, look at this, listen to this, uh, uh, feel this, smell this. It's all directed at the five senses to hold people in servitude to the five senses instead of um, uh, breaking out and seeing the five senses are simply a experiential vehicle to experience this tiny band of frequencies we call the world. And it is uh, very, very uh, tiny. Uh, so it's this, this whole thing about what's happening in the world what can we do about it? And a transformation of self-identity from little me to infinite me, they're all connected. Because without that transformation of self-identity, label consciousness will get its will. And it will, it, it, it will, it will reach the goal that it's set out to reach. Uh, but it doesn't have to if, if, if um, this transformation of self-identity continues to to move as it is and that's the other, other thing i would mention before i shut up um the um the speed i mean i'm sure you've had experience of this john the speed that someone can go from five cents imprisonment that's a load of rubbish that guy's saying to getting it can be so fast once, once people um, uh, start to go through this process of the, the programming breaking down, I've seen it. 
I've seen it myself firsthand. There was one friend of mine, this goes back a couple of years, and I mean, it was mind-bogglingly fast to the point of being a couple of hours. He used to label me a conspiracy, go to the labels again, label me a conspiracy theorist and I was completely mad and I was batty. And he, he was amused by this. We always got on extremely well and he was always amused by this. Um, he thought I had a, a kind of a, a quirky way of looking at the world that was utterly ridiculous, but he could tolerate it. I remember we were having a chat about health one day. I mentioned something about Monsanto, about how Monsanto had control of crops and frankenseeds in the US and that gave them control of the food supply to, to a large extent and how farmers couldn't, uh, they, they couldn't have self-germinating seeds anymore. They had to buy Monsanto GMO seeds so that they would have to buy new seed every year, and et cetera, et cetera. And he goes, well, who are Monsanto? So I pointed him to a link to what Monsanto were and he said, no, but hang on a minute, this is a chemical company. And I said, yeah. And it was like a bomb went off in this guy's head. Now, I mean, it was incredible to see what unfolded. Over the next couple of hours, this guy started devouring every piece of information, not just about Monsanto and GMOs. It was like he realized that everything had been compartmentalized all his life and that suddenly he could connect the dots that were seemingly on completely opposite sides of the spectrum. And I mean, he has never been the same since. And I mean, he he went off down his own little rabbit hole and he re-emerged as an incredibly balanced human being who can see all sides of different stories and he's just he's become a totally different person and everybody around him noticed it and I literally saw that happen based on one little innocuous comment or conversation in the space of a couple of hours and it just started his journey so I mean I can speak to what you've just spoken about in terms of the speed that it can happen and I'm sure many many listeners will have seen little bits and pieces like that over the years themselves and will continue to do so and from what you're saying the pace of that is definitely quickening David I'm certainly seeing that but you are as well and again I'll come back to it it's intelligence versus intellect and I think people's intelligence is starting to override the intellect certainly more than it would have a decade ago in my experience yeah and and also of course um events and happenings in the world are supporting the information now uh i mean stuff i wrote about in the 1990s is happening it's being read on the television news Mm. um and uh the um the, the the whole um point about how quick people can um, break out of it it's that's that's what's incredibly encouraging and you know they're not censoring information more and more um, because it's a bit of fun they are doing it in a panic yeah they know um, that this is happening and they are seeking to put the lid on it um, and and the, if, if you if you think about it, the power of consciousness over the power of um, conspiratorial um, enslavement, they have to uh, control the information they receive, um, they uh, watch people 24-7. They're having to, to develop this uh, plan for AI to control the human mind. Um, they have to control the education system. They have to control the media. Um, they have to control politics, they have to control mainstream science, they have to control mainstream medicine. Um, all this, and of biotech, big biotech, and they have to control all of this to keep humanity asleep. Mm. Because as I said years and years ago, it's like um, if, you, if you are going to enslave and, uh, and, and um, put the human 
uh, mind perception in a bubble of, of perception, then it's like um, trying to keep a ball on the bottom of a tank of water. Um, it, to, to, um, to keep the ball on the bottom of the tank, you have to hold it there constantly 24-7 because the moment you let go, whoosh, it's, it's floating on the top again. And our natural state is to be expanded states of consciousness. We are in an unnatural state of um, five sense focus because of the way this manipulation works from cradle to grave. But they have to work all the time to keep us in this state. And, and you see from that, ex that uh, example you've just given, and I could give many too, um, that how fragile this control of human perception is. This is why they want to go down the AI route and the technology route um, to, to hold that ball, if you like, symbolically on the bottom of the tank through technology mm. because it's so difficult to keep it there and to keep the, the programming intact. And now they're being challenged by um, information. They're being challenged by that information making sense in relation to, to what they're making happen in the world. Because I wrote years and years ago, back in the 90s, there's going to come a point where this um, conspiracy manipulating under the radar is going to have to break the surface. If you want to change human society in a certain way, that at, one, at some point that, that is going to have to change in people, front of people's eyes um, in the way that you, you plan. You, it, otherwise, it's just the thought it's just a sometime never over the rainbow. It never becomes reality. Um, and, and now we're in that point. As I said at the time, back in the 90s, at that point, there's is going to be a great uh, point of, of danger because it's coming into the public uh, arena, but also of opportunity because now people are going to be able to see it. It's not some theory. It's not some esoteric uh, idea not again something sometime over the rainbow it's it's what people can tangibly see and this combination of what people can tangibly see and and the perception that uh, this other explanation of what they can see makes more sense than what they're being told this is very very uh potent and very profound and very um uh, life-changing for people and uh, we need to keep going and I certainly will um, um, every we waking moment uh, because this is a real point of um, vast change or a point of no return that this is where we are now how important is 5G to the controllers in terms of getting over the line towards their goals and that point of no return Oh, absolutely vital. I mean, I, I explained this in uh, part of the, the latest book, Everything You Need to Know But Have Never Been Told. I explained this in detail. I mean, I explained everything in detail in that book. Um, uh, they need 5G levels of communication power for this um, global uh, AI grid, what they call the smart grid. This is why the word smart is in front of everything these days. Mm. Um, everything's smart, this smart, that smart, the other, because it's all part of an emerging smart grid in which all these elements are, are part of a combined, interconnecting, interacting whole. Um, and so 5G um, is the level of power, at least that, that they need to make this work uh, and to uh, to run this um, 
this um, AI global control system, which involves the Internet and the Internet being connected to um, everything. This Internet of Things that they talk about, which is now unfolding, talked about that in books years and years ago, the coming Internet of Things. And now here it is. And, and, and one of the, quote, things they want connected to that grid, that Internet grid, is the human mind. This is what the AI connection is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, Silicon Valley, the, the devil's playground, as I call it, that's that's not where it's coming from. That's where it's coming through. It's coming from uh, military and beyond military uh, sources. Silicon Valley is the means through which it's playing out into into people's lives, uh, and uh, and so five G is very important. And not and, and of course not just important from that grid's point of view, important from a human health point of view. So this is the point. Um, the, the, everything is energy. Everything is an energy resonating at a certain frequency whether it's a body a brain or whatever a, a consciousness it's a, it's a consciousness at our level that is um it, it's a frequency and if you can um disrupt um and dismantle that frequency by what you're putting out and this is what 5g is planned to do then you can scramble people's minds because they won't think in a balanced way and they won't be emotional in a balanced way because those emotional fields and mental fields are being distorted by this 5G technology uh, frequency. Um, and you can um, undermine the balance of the energetic fields, the electro- electrical electromagnetic fields uh, of the body to the point where it will play out in the form of um, illness, disease, uh, mental and emotional and quote physical and and that that's why so many people including many many scientists are trying to warn the population about the dangers of 5g so what you've got of course is 5g being sold on the basis of um uh, you're going to be able to download a movie in seconds. Oh, ain't that great? Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, it'll, it'll probably cumulatively bloody kill you and you kill your kids cumulatively over a period of time um, and certainly massively disrupt your health and your thinking and your emotions. But, hey, you got that movie in a few seconds, so everything's fine with the world. Um, and, uh, and and this is also why the... the um, the communications agency of the uh, United States uh, government, um, which is supposed to oversee and protect the population from these uh, big tech uh, corporations. It's why 5G is being rolled out, in their own words, with no independent testing, mm. because they didn't want it delayed by regulation and investigation. And for people that don't know about 5G, I don't think that it's just an increase on 4G. It's not. It's a completely different frequency. And because it doesn't travel well, instead of big um, uh, transmitter towers, tra- uh, you know, transmitting significant distances, um, it's going to mean small boxes, antennae, um, along your street pumping this stuff out outside outside your kid's bedroom for instance and children are much more affected by these frequencies uh, because their skulls are thinner 
Um, and another point on that, by the way, I know that a lot of people won't know this. I wrote about it in earlier books. Um, they judge um, the safety of um, mobile phone uh, frequencies on uh, people by using something called um, Sam Phantom Head. And Sam Phantom Head is a, um, a mock-up of a human head and skull based on fully grown and formed male adults, indeed from the military, it seems, who are going to have, symbolically and literally in many cases, very thick skulls. But children don't have thick skulls. They have thin skulls. And the uh, technological limits, which are not safe limits, they're limits that um, allow the uh, big tech corporations to do what they want to do. Um, what do you want to do? OK, well, you want to broadcast at that frequency and that power. OK, that's the safe limit then. That's what's going on. It's not safe at all. Um, these um, mobile phone uh, frequencies are at the limit, most of them, of Sam Phantom Head. So they are way beyond the limit of a uh, a thin skilled uh, skilled child. Yeah. Um, and and um, and 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 when you get five G involved, of course the ante is upped massively. Do you know for people to get an idea of this frequency at a higher power, it's used by law enforcement in America to disperse crowds. Because when they bang out this frequency to crowds, um, people have the feeling that their skin is on fire and they disperse. This is the same frequency um, environment that they want to put all over, not only all over, you know, urban society and, and, and where people live. They want to beam this stuff from satellites. And who's putting the satellites up, allowing this to happen, without which there can be no um, AI control grid, um, SpaceX, <laughs> owned by um, Elon Musk, who's always going on about how um, AI could be the end of humanity. I mean, you know, it, it just, uh, you know, it's just so blatant what's going on and, and very simple to explain. Um, uh, but of course you won't see this in the mainstream media, only that your, your, your speed of downloading the movie or uploading the movie will be seconds now instead of, um, a minutes, you know. Well, one place you will see it is your book, your most recent book, everything you need to know, but have never been told is out now and it's been out for a while. Um, tell us where people can pick up a copy of that because we have literally just grazed the surface over the oh, last yeah. hour or so, David. I mean, there's so much contained in there and this is just an appetite wetter for that. So give us the details on that if people want to delve in deeper because the rabbit hole is deep, but I think yeah. the sides have become transparent over the years and it is much, much easier to access that rabbit hole and re-emerge as, as a viable human being when you decide to poke your head back out. Yeah, what I what I do in um, everything you need to know, but I've never been told is um, is is I um, you know it's a it's a decent sized book. It certainly but is. It, does, it, it doesn't uh, focus on just one subject. Uh, if, if there is an overall subject, it's human control and how it's done and where it's planned to go. Uh, but um, it covers the nature of reality, the nature of the eye, all these these things that I was talking about, um, and, and it covers uh, where. where 
current politics fits in, um, where Trump fits in, uh, all these different elements of, of the uh, the AI agenda, uh, censorship agenda, it covers everything. There's so many different elements. Um, and uh, it's available at davidike.com. Um, we can get to that to you, although I don't have any involvement in that, but um, they can get it to you in uh, within 24 hours. Uh, or, you know, you can get it at bookshops as well. But, but you know, if you, you go through davidike.com, it's um, it's better. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you'll have it in 24 hours. Uh, and also davidike.com, every day, um, the, the the news of the day is put in, a, in another context, looking at it from another angle. And, um, you know, it's, um, I think, a, a, a great place to... Um, to see that what we're being told day by day by day is not actually what the truth is. So, um, you know, that's where to go. I agree. It's almost like a temperature gauge. If we are the frogs in the pot, the website is allowing us to see the temperature rising, even if we can't necessarily feel it, which I think is is extremely important. You did mention you're writing a new book at the moment. It's on 9-11. So what can we expect from that? Well, what what people can expect from that, I've been working on it like, um, you know, 12 hours a day now for weeks in this this period I have of not traveling, which ends at the end of this week. But I'm going to be working on it while I'm traveling and while I'm in hotels and stuff. Um, and the, the kind of major body of it is 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 already done. I wrote a book, um, published it in um, September 2002, which um, I think was the first uh, full size book um, exposing 9-11 as a hoax. Um, and it was called Alice in Wonderland and the World Trade Center disaster. Why the official story of 9-11 is a monumental lie. Mm. And, and of course, that came out within a year. And reading back through it, I was amazed to see how much information came out in that first year um, to show what, a, what a, 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 an insult to the intelligence the official story is. But of course, since then, 17 years have passed. And uh, so I'm pulling together all the information, the major information, the, the most relevant information, the most official story demolishing information um, of, the, of, of now 17 years. Uh, and um, it's important to come out because that event was what started the sequence speeding forward to where we are now. And um, I'm, I'm showing in the book so clearly and so simply that the whole basis of what has been done in the name of 9-11 is been done and continues to be done on a lie that is so transparent and so obvious it takes the breath away when you see it uh, all fitted together. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. 9-11 is a topic that has been discussed so often that I think a lot of people have almost forgotten about it and, 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 and think that there's nothing more can be said about it. But I have yet to see a work of the nature that you have described on the topic. So uh, really looking forward to that. Any kind yeah, of projected that, 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 release date? Uh, well, I'm hoping... Uh, I'll have it finished by the end of the year. And then because, you know, we publish our own books, yeah. there's not some massive long wait as you get with a with a book company. Um, it comes out uh, within weeks of being finished. Um, so we'll speed it out. Um, but I mean, the, the whole um, point about 9-11 is that there are there have been there's been so much research 
by people who focused on different elements of it. But when you connect all that Mm -hmm. into one whole and you cover all those elements but fit them together and then play it out across what it's been used to justify – the um the end product is a uh, is a uh, it's devastating for the official story of 9/11 absolutely devastating well let's do a show on that together closer to the time because i've i've never actually done a full in-depth show on 9/11 would you believe on alchemy so let's do that one together um just just around the time yeah. of the release of the book yeah i'll get um I'll get the text to you uh, before that, then we can have a good chat. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. And thank you very much for your time as always, David. Pleasure, John. It's a huge pleasure. Have your final message for the listeners. I know you always give us a a nugget of information or advice at the end. So what have you got for us this time? Um, Well, um, all I can say is the difference between this world becoming the full-blown tyranny that it's planned to be. And we're seeing it become. And it becoming the place of freedom and peace and decency that it could just as easily be is human self-identity. If you want to go on identifying with your labels and a system that told you to believe in them, um, you are going to believe you have no power. And even if you have seen through it, you're going to think, well, the, the river's flowing too fast now. There's nothing we can do about it. But all the time, for reasons I explained in the books and in the talks, um, our perceptions are becoming our experienced reality because our perceptions, whatever they are, our perceptions of reality are um, broadcasted uh, um, as a frequency. You know, hate is a frequency. Love is a frequency. Mm. Um, Open-mindedness is a frequency. Closed-mindedness is a frequency. So our perceptions are broadcasting, transmitting a frequency that relates to those perceptions. Those frequencies are interacting with basically a cosmic version of Wi-Fi. And we are picking out of uh, what I call cosmic Wi-Fi, the quantum field of endless possibility and probability, we are picking out um, from those, um, from that cosmic Wi-Fi, that which syncs with the frequencies we are putting out. So our perceptions become our experienced reality. You know, if you think of little me, you'll live a little me life. If you think the glass is half full, you'll live a life in which the glass, uh, your experience is always that the glass is half full. Perceptions become experienced reality. You know, this is not esoteric uh, naval contemplating. This is basic physics mm. of this interaction. And so the world that we are perceiving is the one that our collective perceptions have created and are creating it's a feedback loop perception interacts with infinite possibility on the level of that perception thus becomes the experience we manifest from that uh, possibility Uh, but once you start to re-self-identify with um, i am uh, infinite i not little me i you are now interacting with that field, that cosmic Wi-Fi of possibility and probability in a much more um, uh, 
expanded frequency of possibility. So what you the, 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 the range of possibility that you can then manifest as an experience uh, subsequently vastly increases. This is why when people go through this process of awakening and an expansion of consciousness, they they see suddenly that their life becomes so much more synchronistic and amazing coincidences happen. And, oh, my God, what's the chances of that, which they weren't experiencing before? It's because this interaction with possibility and probability is happening in a much more expanded way. So what you can manifest becomes more expanded. And what, I, what I'm saying uh, uh, here in, um, in short is that this world that we call the world is merely – a manifestation of collective human perception. And that's why the control system's major, massive, constant, 24-7 target is human perception. That's why it wants to control all information. But, but from this more expanded level of perception, our interaction with infinite possibility and probability uh, becomes consequently expanded and the world that will manifest from that the experience individual and collectively that manifests from that will consequently change this is why change trying to change the world of the five senses within the five senses and the perceptions of the five senses is an utterly um an utter waste of time. The hidden hand knows it. That's why it's not bothered about people who want to stockpile weapons to fight the enemy, who, are, who, who want to uh, look at protests and stuff like that as, and, and, and waving banners as the way to change anything. It's because they know nothing's going to change in the five senses by action in the five senses that comes from the perception of the five senses. Once we expand our awareness and start to interact with possibility and probability in this expanded way, then the world we manifest must change. It's not a physical change. It's a perceptual consciousness change, which then becomes a, quote, physical change. Not that there is any physical, but becomes a physical change. And the actions that we take within the world of the five senses are not coming from the perceptions of the five senses. They're coming from the expanded insight of expanded awareness beyond the program. So what we need to do um, and, and how we need to change reality, uh, we need to go to those that level of awareness and, and self-identity that will manifest a different reality. No, no, no people sitting around a table taking minutes necessary. It's just a transformation of perception, which leads to a transformation of individual and collective experience. This is where it's, it's happening. And this is the this is the gateway. This is the doorway to 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 break out of this. Um, enslavement and it's the doorway that this hidden hand is desperate to keep shut because it knows that once people walk through it its little game is over game set and match i have the power you have the power we have the power 
David Icke, as always, thank you for sharing your uniquely accessible style of presentation with me here on Alchemy. It's been a huge pleasure and I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Cheers, John. All the best, mate. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate it. I know you went over time there as well. So no, uh, no thank, thank you so much. Um, I, I'm going to have the show up tomorrow, so I'll bang it straight over to you and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it as well. And I'll keep in touch because, uh, as, as always, I'm very excited about what you're doing and I love to keep in touch. Of all the people who are presenting stuff out there, yours, to me, resonates the most. It's the only, you are the only person presenting it in, I think, on, on the frequency that is most readily accessible to the human mind and spirit. So uh, thank you for what you're doing. Well, that's very kind. And, uh, well, I'll keep on keeping on. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's all we can long, do. A long time yet. <laughs> Likewise. Cheers, David. Thanks a million. Cheers, and mu- much love to the Isle of Wight from, from Ireland. The Isle oh, of Wight. cheers, mate. Yeah, cheers, man. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Alchemy. We'll have another episode on the way very, very soon. If you would like to donate and help keep the show on air, so to speak, you can do so via the website. It's very, very easy. In the meantime, keep the mind open and the spirit strong. Had me a good one. She was all I ever wanted. All I had to do was commit to her, but I waited too long. And she wasn't gonna wait for